Mum, welcome to Tooks Talks. Duke, thanks for asking your mum. <laughs> thanks for thanks for coming on. I'm actually glad you're here because it's uh, this should be an easy chat. Should be, I think. We'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. <laughs> Alright. My first question, pretty easy, but just take me back to when I got drafted and your reaction and is it still the same now as it was back then? Absolutely. Every single time I come to a game, it's just as exciting as that very first time I came. <laughs> it was pretty cool. You're going to ask experience. questions then that make me cry, aren't you? No, that's not what we need. <laughs> that's not what we need at all. But it is. Every time I come, I like it. It was, it feels like my journey didn't, I didn't, my journey with you hasn't ended just because you got drafted and just because you came up here. I'm, I just, I love it. I still love the games and I think every week or every time we see each other or I come to a game, there's always something to, to talk about or something to celebrate. Um, yes, that's good. Yeah, Draft night was a big night though. That was though. a big night, like, I was you, to say. <laughs> that, that was a big night and I think, um, I just don't know how you, I don't know how anyone can prepare for that. And I think the experience for us, because we were at home on the couch and um, the one thing I remember was the TV cut over to a different channel for, for the second round. And, yeah, I remember that too, actually. Um, and then... <laughs> we didn't um, know that, did we? So there was tears and we all jumped up, you, you know, what it was like. And then the dilemma as to whether or not to go out, because, you know, the club, was, the, the club was yeah. coming this day and we were, we were allowed to celebrate and we had to be really tame. But the thing that I loved the most was that we put on um, we put on our jackets and we walked around to the local pub to see all of your mates from the footy club and all of the families that had supported us yeah. all these years. And that that was just priceless when we walked in. That was great. Oh, was it? I, I do there. remember that. That was, yeah. that was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what it was about. Yeah. Well, it's a bit of a unique situation as well. I feel like being like a mum where the chosen field that I wanted to pursue for such a long time and like actually getting there must have been a bit surreal for like obviously me but yourself as well like being a mum of say all the training and all the hard work we put in together like you know training and getting to training organising food and prep and all the travel we did for it yeah. um, with all the rep teams I think it's probably a unique situation. I think probably the, the way I remember it is we did it together. So I think right from a really early age, it, was, it wasn't things that I did for you. It was just things that we did to get you out the door or to get you to training. And we were so, well, it was just like a real team effort. And um, it helped that you were quite disciplined with your eating and food and packing your bag and um, knowing what you needed. So I think you didn't necessarily rely on me to do all that for you. So I think there was it was it was a real team effort to kind of get you there. But you being gone is just heartbreaking. <laughs> that was one of my questions later on. I was going to ask you about but, but, what but it when is. I left. And there's this there's this grief of you not being there. But you, I wouldn't change it for the world. So it was a really, really hard, they were really hard emotions. I, I wasn't prepared for those. I wasn't, pre and because it's just you and me, yeah. I think that that kind of, this house of two went to a house of one. But then it was great. I come up here all the time. I'm really spoiled um, yeah. to come and spend time with you and, and the boys that you are now with Maddie. And it's just, 
Yeah, it's been good. It's funny because I was going yeah, to ask you about that later on in terms of the fact that when I moved out, it was probably pretty tough. But even for me at the start, I probably didn't realise, I don't reckon, until maybe a few months deep that not being at home was a lot different. Yeah. But I know for you, it was the emotions were definitely high, I think, once I'd left and the realisation had kicked in that, you know, I was hopefully not going to be coming back home anytime, anytime soon and pursue a career up here. So the emotions were... I, it's those American movies that you watch where the mum or the dad go up to the room and the room's preserved exactly the same <laughs> way as when the kids left to go to college. Yeah. And I yeah. had those moments. I would go down <laughs> into your room and go, and, oh, I should really make it really nice for a guest room. But no, because every time you came home, I wanted you to be able to come home to... I wanted you to come home to your space. But now... I kind of know you visit Melbourne and you come home to the Gold Coast and that's okay too. But yeah, it was, um, I wouldn't, I'd never change it. In fact, still to this day, people ask, oh, so are you going to move to the Gold Coast? I'm like, well, no, because that's kind of your journey. And, um, and I like being able to come here and be in Melbourne as well. So it's good. Yeah, vice versa. Miss you heaps though. <laughs> I'm sure I'm, I'm actually much the same. When we go more than six weeks, it always seems like yeah. a very long time until, yeah. we, until we meet. I remember when we were talking about, you know, being disciplined and like, it's funny because I think where I got it from was you, as a lot of people who know both yourself and me would probably realise that, you know, what we used to eat, the old steamed veggies and rice <laughs> with sweet chilli and sour cream yep. and on a regular and then you taught me how to cook as well, which I think was huge. Um, and now you so teach thankful. me how to cook, which I love, <laughs> which is huge. <laughs> so thankful for that. But I definitely know that what we did in the past definitely has folded, you know, panned out to what I'm like, I think now. And especially because, you know, you are an elite athlete in your own right, in your own respects. Like you've had run 20 marathons now. Only 19. I'm waiting for that 20th. 20th. I've got, the 20th, the 20th I've got it in me. The 20th is a special occasion. Yeah, it's going to be a big, that's what big the one, celebration. That's what we said it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. And then we started doing you know, triathlons as well. So um, I think it's definitely it's definitely showed a little bit. But I don't know, you can talk a bit more about what you make of you know, when you became a runner at the start. Because I know the story, but yeah, like well, how you became a runner and well, how I, came about. I'm an adult athlete, so I took up running when I was 35. So <clears throat> I remember... I used to run down the street to your primary school. It was about 400 metres and I'd walk back up the hill and that was it. That was the most I could do. So I think that that just shows that anybody can kind of have a crack. And I love that you call me an elite athlete because that's just novel. But I'm so... I'm really... I'm a novice in terms of race day performance, but it's what I learned from those... that consistent training that makes a difference. And I can be out there pounding the pavement day after day going, why am I doing this? And then I realise that I apply those lessons that I learned to other things. I'll be madly trying to do a report for work or finish an an assignment from school for study. And it's that discipline that I have to finish it off. That's what I learned from my training. But I think for us as a team, um, and our sport, there was just this shared appreciation for 
if he came home and something was aching, he'd go, Mum, you know, probably need to see the physio. I'm going to go, OK, you're like, I need a massage. I'm like, OK. So you've got a 13-year-old asking for a massage. I'm kind of OK with that because I know that I, I knew what you meant. Yeah. We shared protein powders and, yeah. and just had that real, um, um, I think just a real empathy with what each other was going through. My favourite story, though, to do with my running um, would have to be... I think probably my second or third marathon and um, I came over the line, I don't know, 4,000th and something or other. And it was the time when you first realised um, that winning looked, winning has many ways of looking. And you knew, we were all celebrating, I'd got the time that I'd said that I wanted to get and but what it was about was, it wasn't about coming first, that there was this new model of what winning looks like. And so for someone who was like quite competitive when you were growing up, like with your sport, um, and most, most young boys, they want to win and come first and jump the highest and run the fastest. But here was your mum coming way back in the field, but we were all celebrating and I got a medal and it was just fantastic. And it kind of redefined what winning meant and it meant like achieving your own personal goals. And I think that that was, that was really big. I think that was really big for us both in terms of why we do what we do and yeah. how we go about it, what we do. Yeah, that's actually so true. I definitely know that when we used, I used to come to a lot of the marathons and you'd see people come over the line and actually wonder how they got there. Totally. Like, you'd be to say, you run past people and you're like, I don't know how you're running in this marathon, but you're doing it. And like, they get to the finish line and you're like, it's amazing. Because you also did pacing as well, which like, I think, for anyone who doesn't know what that, that would be like, it's enough running the marathon, being in your own head, let alone actually running with like the stick on your back saying 340 pace and you've got to hit it as well. That's like... And you've got to pretty, talk a lot. Yeah, and you've got to talk to everyone so around you. Like, <laughs> so it's not... Yeah, I think... <clears throat> I reckon when you took up the pacing as well for me, that was huge. I thought that was... You obviously had put to bed about, you know, trying to get a really good time and it was more about for you helping others get that personal achievement and get what they wanted. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you, you're right. The joy of running the marathons, joy of running marathons, a lot of people are going to laugh at that, but the joy of running the marathons when you're pacing, you do, you've, you've parked your own aspiration, I guess, or you've just come to terms with the, what feels good is just to go out there and be consistent. So you know exactly what pace you're going to do. You've got to there's a little bit of nervousness. You kind of got to think, am I going to be able to hit my mark? But you get out there, you talk the whole way and you just encourage people. And it's, yeah, it's a real pleasure. I remember sitting a couple of, twice I think we've done this, where we've, we've gone to breakfast after the, marath the Melbourne Marathon and sat at this hotel where we could see the runners and coming running? in. These all are like the six yeah. hour, yeah. seven hour runners. And you're just sitting there going, We've got bacon and eggs going on and we're watching these people. They've been out there for six hours. I can't imagine being out yeah. there for six hours or seven, you know. And But you're right. If you just start to appreciate that the people are out there doing things that are that's really deeply for them and um, it's really nice to give back doing the pacing. It's great. It's so nice that you come and watch me over the line still. <laughs> Always. Yeah, special. Um, I definitely, well, going back to our, our food topic, because I oh, know... Food! I need I food know to that, I know that you can talk <laughs> food very well. Yeah. But um, I guess, like, how it sounds like a weird question, but how it impacts your and my relationship in terms of how we go about eating food. Like, 
I know for you and for me, when we travel, it's all about food. And it like, a, it's a, a destination. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, how we talk about food sometimes, like us and the family, when we finish a meal and then we sit down and we read cookbooks after we finish the meal. <laughs> like, it's so, I think, yeah, I don't know if you can expand on it more, but like, how much food impacts the way we go about our daily business, especially when you come up to the coast and when we travel. Yep. Some of the experiences we had. I think you're right. It, it gives us a focal point. So if, it, if I'm coming up and it'll be where are we having breakfast or we'll, if we're catching up with the family, it'll it'd be you know, what are we cooking up? So for me, the food just, when we're traveling, everything revolves around the food. I remember when we went to New York, we, we had every day we were allowed to do something that had to do with food and something that had to do with culture. <laughs> And they were the only two things. And that invariably allowed us to just go through the flow of our day and we stumbled across amazing things. Everywhere we go, it's always about just picking that food. Um, But it's exposed us to all kinds of cultures and um, we do things together. So just recently we were in Byron Bay with the family and we're in there making dumplings and we're there. But just that for me, I think it's... um, it's constantly kept us together and kept us having conversations just about oh anything because we'll just sit for hours around the, in the cafe and just talk and yeah. it's good. Well, actually, I'll tell you what you do do well is you vent your social media to myself and Pete oh, yeah. about <laughs> food very well. <laughs> I think, <laughs> tell me how that, because I don't live at home, so I haven't taught you how to, do social media so you've kind of like taken your own spin i get questions every now and then i know you asked me about like you know how do i put up a story or do those little you know things yeah, you yeah. say like yeah, i gotta do this little thing <laughs> yeah. but um how's your take on social media how do, how do you think your skills have come along well they're good well you know i was just, i was facebook shy for a long time long time long, long time. time and in fact i i actually was on the gold coast when i decided to overcome my facebook fear um, I was up here doing a triathlon. It was my birthday morning and I went, that's it. I'm going to go on Facebook. This is like just a couple of years ago. Yeah. So I've come a long way. I'm a consumer of social media. Food on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I follow all the, cafe, the food and the breakfast um, um, blogs and um, on Pinterest looking at food. Pinterest, Pinterest is somewhere is you, you really go heavy. Especially the Christmas one, yeah. the Christmas pin board for the whole family. <laughs> well, we're having this for the cakes, Christmas. The cakes. The cakes. Um, yeah, birthday cakes. We birthday did it for cakes, birthday cakes. Huge. Um, but no, my social media has come good. And I think it's anything to do with social media. It's about finding balance. It's interesting because I think for someone like you who's in this fishbowl, you're in the spotlight, and there's what you do in social media has probably much greater consequences or ramifications than just your average sort of Joe Blow. But but that's kind of good too because it realises that you want to be really authentic and natural and put your natural self forward. But you, but you also want to be respectful of everybody that might be reading it or looking at it or how it might impact other people. Yeah. But my photography skills are getting better because it's all about the food shot. What's the first thing you do when we hit a cafe? Oh, you've got to get the aerial shot. It's embarrassing. It actually is though. Like when you get, you pull fun. out your phone and you have to though. I sent you one today. <laughs> Did you get it? it was yeah, from, from Burley. Burley. 
<laughs> I saw it. Oh, the, uh, the acai bowl. Kiss. Yeah, I remember that. I yeah. just don't do good acai bowls in Melbourne, I'm afraid. Well, it's a local thing up here. I, I feel know. like it is, it is a local thing. Oh. A bit off them at the moment, but they are yeah. delicious. They you are. Get a, if you don't have them for a long time, yeah. I'll, fair game. I'll give you that. Best thing I've, I've cooked for you, do you reckon? Oh, I just wouldn't even know be where a few. to start. That'd be a few. I thought that'd be a few. Oh, well, yeah, did yourself one Christmas. Christmas before last. Oh, that was mac and cheese and the... Um, Piece of meat that stood vertical in the oven. It was just outrageous. Remember that? No, but Tuck the bit them. was... There was twelve condiments. <laughs> I remember twelve that. condiments made from epic. scratch. That was epic. Our family, if we're not, if there's one thing we're about, if, when it comes to food, it would be the condiments. It is. Eh? It's about the condiments. <laughs> when the table, when any, any food hits a table, it's what do you put it on top? Yeah, it's so true. And, and do you know what I like about that? It's not just that you've got this amazing appetite for food and, and for cooking, reading the cookbooks, and having a crack. So just. You get the cookbook, you go buy the ingredients, you read the instructions, you deliver. And once you kind of get those, um, you know, basics down, yeah. then you start, because now you're into your substitute and creativity stage. Yep, yep. But my favourite bit is that you set the table and that you're really into napery, which is, you know, you've got to have maybe the placemats and the serviettes and you'll put out salt and pepper and... And it's how you plate the food because you eat with your eyes. I yeah. like that. That's you and Peter yeah. both into that. You kind of got, you boys have nailed that part because it's not just about hoeing into eating. the food. It's about the whole food experience. So yeah, yeah, that's actually so true. Back to footy. Okay. So I've gone off a tangent there. Yeah, well, we can go <laughs> back excellent. to food anytime. time. There is no food. <laughs> bucket, bucket of popcorn. Um, I think that well. I know for the last three years, I reckon now, mm-hmm. collecting footy cards, would that be a first something? Yep. Four years, three years. Yeah. And exactly why do you, because I don't collect the footy cards, no. but you collect the footy cards. Well, I've been collecting the footy cards because if I'm going to get a footy card with you on it, I have to get it. It has to be in my pack and I have to get it. But the whole footy card collection started as you know, when you're little, just like every other super-duper footy fan, you used to collect footy cards as well. And in fact, Marby Lions used to print footy cards with all your kids on it. And the button badges. In fact, I wear one of the button badges (laughs) on my scarf. And I never forget this day, you said to me, um, you see, we'd gone to get up to to the local shop, got the footy cards, and you said, Mum, one day, I'm gonna be on a footy card. And I went, honey, that's your dream? Then you go for it. And um, so as you know, I, um, your second season, I actually got a text message from someone early in the season going, oh my God, Took's on a footy card. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, Took's on a footy card. And so <clears throat> then I got this series of text messages. People were sending me selfies. Even my boss sent a selfie of her with her son and this um, their footy card. My interior designer actually sent me the footy card um, with you on it, but no, I wanted to get my own footy card. So every week I would go up to the local news agency where we used to go when you were a kid yep. and buy footy cards. And then when you and I would get together on the weekend when I'd see you, I give you a packet, your packet, and remember we'd play Snap. <laughs> and so it's this ridiculous yeah. game where you had to, you weren't allowed to look at them, and it was like, flag. Oh, yeah, I remember him. 
Oh, you got so and so. We get really excited. There was a Suns player there. Oh, I used to be in under twelves with him. It was good. Christian Petraka would come up. Yeah. Um, Angus Brayshaw. And so, there come to the end of the season. I hadn't got your footy card, and um, you'd had up uh, the operation on your foot. You come home for some recovery. You had your moon boot on. After dinner, lying on the couch, and out I came with two packets of footy cards, and I said. Tiki, this is it. This is the end of the season. It's got to be so the this one. Is, I'm not buying any more footy cards <laughs> after this. got to be the this. one. So, how come the snap? We slap it down, slap it down. Last card, my packet. Flipped it open and there you were. <laughs> you jumped up, was, I jumped up. It was hysterical. Then you remembered that you had your foot in the <laughs> Fell back down. It was marvellous. But the best bit of all was... Um, after all the excitement of Dad down, you then were sitting there looking at this footy card and um, you said, Mum, I'm on a footy card. I'm on a footy card. And I said, well, just goes to show, dreams come true. It was. That was, yeah, you're not wrong. It was pretty surreal, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> I thought it was. Have you ever been, do you you've ever been nervous watching me play? Oh my God, what type of question is that? I'm nervous every time you play. <laughs> Sometimes I think you're more nervous than I am when I play for you, I think. Uh, yeah. Especially, like, even the first game. I remember when we were... I think I was too excited the, the first game. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that. It always, I felt like because it wasn't the first... It was the first proper game, but it wasn't my first game because we played the Townsville. NAB. Yeah, the NAB game. So I felt like yeah. when we got to that, it was more excited. But the fact that it was at the G and it was round one was... That was all time. You're right. The, the, I was probably the most nervous in when you ran out onto the field in Townsville. Yeah. For that first um, pre-season game. But what was so amazing about the game at the G was knowing that just a few months before that you had been at the grand final. Yeah. Making Br- coffees. Took the Baritza. <laughs> Making coffees for the coffee How mob. How is that? Um, and if I'm not mistaken, you might have been with Christian Petraka. Christian was doing it as well. And you yeah. were up in the, the nosebleed at some coffee shop, which hopefully there wasn't too many people wanting coffees because everyone wanted to watch the game. And there the two of you were making coffees, not having any idea of what was to come. And just thinking for me about... Now, there's that's dreams come true. Like that... And I can... I get excited about that, not just because I'm your mum, but I just get excited about that because that's just so cool. Yeah. That is just so cool that you, um, well, one, that you boys had after-school jobs and were, doing, and were you know, um, had good work ethic right back then. But, but just to have that experience and to see you run out and the crowd roared for the other team. But it didn't matter. Because we, I just was went, unbelievable. The, and it was just... Your name was on the banner and, oh, look, it was just to play round, to get drafted and then to play round one at the G on, a, you know, Saturday afternoon. Or something, it was just, yeah, that dreams come true for everybody, for so many people. I think the whole of the Maribyrnong Park Football Club was there. All our friends and family were there. Um, it was just, it was, that was a miracle day. It was, it was... I could. I, you even got a goal. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it wasn't like we weren't in the game, but I remember. I still remember it. Yeah. Like clear as day. It was. Um, 
Oh, that was the biggest rush of adrenaline I reckon I've ever had. I reckon playing that game. That yeah. was so definitely something else. I think, and I can say this because I'm mum. The thing is, is that there are so that it was a really big moment, but there has been many big moments like that. Um, I remember when you first. I'm allowed to tell stories about when you're little. Because I'm your mum. So I remember <clears throat> this probably one of your first games of footy ever. You were like seven or eight playing for the under tens. They didn't have like under eights or under nines back then. Uh, Maribyrnong Park Football Club. And you're playing with um, Roy Atkins was on that team. Yeah, yep. that, and uh, you're up the club end of the game and you kicked your first goal. And it was a miracle moment. And you're about this high and everyone else was about 100 metres taller than you. And that was a miracle moment. Watching you run out that day and kick that goal, this tiny little person, um, that, that was a miracle moment. I'll tell you what else was a miracle, that we have it on a VCR. Yeah, <laughs> I need to make sure you probably go and put it on some type of digital uh, medium so that it doesn't disintegrate. I know, there is actually footage that. of that. I, I know, couldn't it's, believe it. It was amazing. I almost missed that goal. I actually remember, I still remember when I marked it, well, in my head, I marked it in the square, mm-hmm. went back, and it just shaved in for mm-hmm. a goal. And then everything else after that was pretty blank. But I yeah. 100% remember yeah. <laughs> when I marked it. Mm. That was um, that was a that was a big moment. Yeah. Especially because the club, like we'd be we'd be getting smacked by like 100 points every game, and goals well, were scarce. And they were. I think that you ne- the following season, <clears throat> we celebrated, absolutely went crazy, because the team got a goal. <laughs> it was on Mother's Day, and you were getting thrashed. You know, 100 points. But that's what community football is all about because at the end of the day you just find you just find something to there's always something to celebrate and it just brings everybody together and sometimes it's just like the marathon running sometimes yeah. you just find those things that kind of go this is what it's all about it's good now because Marabonong's taken turn for the good and they have really gone from no teams in under 10s yeah, and 14s they've got nine girls teams yeah, now it's, it's just fantastic epic. yeah they've it's done awesome. they've done so well um how do you think like since i've moved up here life's changed for you in terms of being back in melbourne or even when you do come up here do you think it's um i think the way that it's changed the most is the joy of all the people that have come into my life as a result of you being up here. So um, I've just met so many beautiful people. The, the club just looks after the families so well. And um, I feel very much a part of it. And and I feel really privileged that everybody is so welcoming. And, and you too, you know, you've been so open to have me continue to be a part of your life. I still feel like your teammate and <clears throat> we spend a lot of time talking about stuff that has nothing to do with footy. You know, we've got all these other interests that we have together, you know, whether it's traveling, the food, property, um, it's, these, there's all this other stuff for us to do. And when you were sitting, when you, when you and Pete um, and Richie moved out into your own home and the number of times you would just call and, and get advice and and just allowed me to be a part of that journey. That was great. And what I love most is that all these years, I just lob up like a housemate. <laughs> and I don't, I don't come in as mum. I just lob up. And you guys have just welcomed me as one of your housemates. And and that 
really was the way our life was back home. You, you know, if I didn't do it, if you didn't do it, I had to do it. So as far as I was concerned, <laughs> we just ran the house yeah, together. Yeah. And, and so, and that's the way it's been. And I've just loved being a part of it. And I, I've got a real affection for the Gold Coast. I think it's great. There's a huge foodie scene. Yeah. Um, and so I just, my life is just blessed. And I've gone to all these wonderful places. And because I studied a lot, as you know, yeah. that kind of filled the void, I think, a little bit. And there was a quite a lot of games where I've travelled. I think you might remember studying one time. Quarter time. Yeah, we studied at quarter <laughs> I time. Or sitting in the lounge reading a textbook somewhere. <clears throat> but I remember one one year I came to Perth and you said, Oh, you know, you're going home Sunday and I said, No, no, I've got to, I'm staying an extra day, I've got an exam, I've got to sit online. So I'm just gonna stay here for an extra day and study in the morning and do no, my yeah. exam and then I'll fly home tomorrow. And so I it's just been great. It's it's been really good. It's funny, you talk about the advice stuff. I remember there's been so many times where I've called and been like, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> like pure, like something to do with finances, something to do with the house. Like I always used to think I've got it under control and then something would pop up and I'm like, no, I don't know what I'm doing here. And I'd yeah. give you the bell. And especially, I remember um, there was a few ones early days around the Foxtel. I was about to and say. <laughs> and I was like, how do I handle this? Like, yeah. this is ridiculous. Like, And then I'll, I think you end up giving me a better understanding of what living by yourself or living with, you know, more on your plate. Mm. And Running more a household is yeah, tricky. It was, so different to what I thought it was going to be like. But do do you remember, worked. I think, I sent you this, there was this list and you were compiling this list of all these things that you needed to do. There was insurance, home that. and contents insurance. It was about 20 to 30 and things long. Mail redirection yeah, and, um, yeah. and because you've moved a couple of times and so I think you've probably really, um, that list has come in well. I think I've been around at a couple of really, really good times <laughs> like when it you've rained really heavy <laughs> one time. And roof gave it in. The roof came, <laughs> the water is pouring down over the top of the TV, and we're like, well, you know, what are we going to do here? But, um, yeah. You were here for all our moves. Was uh, I one? You've, you were there conveniently yeah. <laughs> when we were moving houses, and you packed majority of the boxes because we just happened to be at training. But mm. you still, I think the timing of yeah. you coming up at those times was very efficient and then there's been like really critical decisions like what fry pan to buy and um, so such a call um, and that's we came out on top with that taking shares in bunnings i think anytime <laughs> soon that's so true I know. Um, what, what mum takes their son to bunnings for their birthday <laughs> it was a good prize it was a good i thought it was fantastic it was better than hawaii or fiji surely <laughs> oh i don't know um they were good birthdays they were excellent birthdays last question for you okay Serious question. Oh. Kind of. Okay. <laughs> How would you want me to be remembered as a footballer? Oh, tough question. It is a tough question because I could probably give about three or four things that wouldn't be very concise. Um, with dignity and always being genuinely took. You are a good bloke. Try to be. <laughs> but you are. Try to be, yeah. You are a good bloke and you are always you've always just been true to you. And I think that if it's what defines you. And I think that there could be no greater reward than to be remembered for always being a really good bloke. And yeah, it doesn't get much better than that. It's I know it's very simple. Simple but 
oh, I hope that, yeah, I'll probably hope that I'm in the same boat. And I think that goes for on and off the field. It's yeah. the comments that I hear the most is, is that you're a good bloke on and off the field. Well, thank you, Mum. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. Oh. Hopefully it wasn't uh, too tough for you. I kind of forgot. That you were sitting here. It's so casual. I'm just waiting for the food and the cookbooks <laughs> to come out. <laughs> no, it was awesome. But no. what I know is that we're going home and you're actually going to whip me up an absolute storm tonight. <laughs> yeah, actually, I've got to think about that. I'll be honest. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Mum.